Hi, my name is Dr. Sarah Adams. I am a board-certified pediatrician, but I'm not your pediatrician. Feel free to use my podcast as helpful information, but in no way do I intend my podcast to replace the advice of your physician. Your physician knows you and is in the best position to provide medical advice. Hello, and welcome to Growing Up with Dr. Sarah. Today, we're going to talk about a very important topic, telling kids the truth. You know, it's interesting. There's such a difference between adults and children when it comes to telling the truth. Adults are quick to hide things, and usually because it's something unfavorable or hurtful. Kids, on the other hand, are typically honest to a fault and sometimes to the embarrassment of their parents and speak frankly about their feelings and opinions. But what's interesting then is the practice of shielding children from the truth and how this really is a recipe for distrust and can be problematic on so many different levels. We want to model behavior for our kids. I say this all the time on the podcast. Children look to their parents as a model and example of appropriate behavior. Quite honestly, to tell the truth, no pun intended, if they witness you telling a lie, they're going to learn it's okay. Kids are far more intelligent and aware than we really give them credit for. They have a trust radar. When an adult in their lie in their lives will, willfully does not give them the truth, it breaks respect and trust that's built in the relationship. Although kids are also very quick to forgive, thankfully, their memories remain of the interactions with the people that mean the most to them. Age-appropriate honesty is not only necessary but beneficial because by having an honest conversation with kids using words and concepts that they understand, their worldview expands outside of themselves. Children live in the here and now and are self-absorbed due to their emotional center. This is normal. But being truthful, even though the topic is difficult, such as death, divorce, therapy, cancers. Kids witness emotional regulation, processing of feelings, discussion of difficult or conflicting messages, and so much more. So one of the things that has come up recently in not just my practice, but in my personal life, is how exactly do we talk to kids, especially when it comes to a serious illness of someone they love? Well, the truth is that sometimes hard, bad things happen in life, including sometimes parents or other important people in their life getting very, very sick. It's natural to want to shield a child from news like this, but it's really not a good idea. You know, children pick up on more than people realize and can sometimes imagine things to be even worse than they are if we don't tell them the truth. 
It's important to help children gain this understanding and the skills they need to weather a loved one's illness, as well as to weather the inevitable difficult times in their future. So what steps do we take? Well, every child in every situation is different. Think about your child's developmental stage. This is so important. Let me give you some examples. So younger children aren't able to understand or handle very much, whereas adolescents can understand much more and will want and need to know much more. Younger children can be concrete and might worry not only that they can catch the illness, for example, but that somehow it's their fault. Older children can understand more nuances and complexity and will have a different worry. If you aren't really sure where your child is developmentally, talk to your pediatrician about the best way to discuss this very important topic. Before you start, though, I want to mention that it's very important. Boy, that's coming up a lot. It's very important. This is all important. Talk to your partner, your parenting partner first. So the two of you should be on the same page about what you're going to say and how you're going to say it. It's important that the two of you think together about the context of your child's life and how the news and the illness will affect them so that you can be ready to manage the logistical and emotional fallout. Find time when you can sit down for a long time and give your child undivided attention when you start to bring up the subject. You might not need a long time, but it's better to have it than not. At the same time, know that this is just the first of many conversations, and you don't have to relay every bit of information the first time. It's fine to do an overview, then revisit and talk through more in other conversations. But keep it simple and straightforward. Even older children get overwhelmed by a lot of details. And for young children, it could be as simple as, Daddy is sick, he will be in the hospital for a while, and the doctors are working to help him. For an older child, you might give a little more information, such as daddy has cancer and it's in his lungs. He's in the hospital for tests while the doctors figure out the best way to treat the cancer. Use simple terms and simple sentences. Be truthful. That doesn't mean you go into every gory detail. That's really helpful. But it does mean that if the illness is serious, you should say so. Let them know what happened, what might happen next, such as the person might lose their hair, for example, if they're getting chemotherapy. And don't hide your own feelings. If you're sad or worried, it's okay to say so. You want your child to know that it's okay for them to feel that way too. As you move through the situation, you will need to find healthy ways to deal with your sadness and worry as your child will be watching you for cues. Sometimes a mental health professional can be helpful if it comes to helping you or your child or both. Mr. Rogers used to say, 
and point out to children the helpers in our neighborhood, such as firefighters in a scary situation. Talk about these helpers. Talk about the doctors and nurses and other people that are helping the person get better. Talk about the serious illness. Answer questions and make room for feelings, as I mentioned. But also talk about how this is going to affect their daily lives. Children of all ages worry about this part. Let them know that you are thinking about this and you're planning for the changes. You might do some brainstorming together about how to manage any necessary changes, but reassure them that they will be taken care of during the illness and encourage them to ask any questions and answer those questions truthfully. Be prepared, though, for any kind of reaction. They could be upset, but they may also be angry or not seem to react at all. Reactions can play out in all sorts of ways, like behavior changes or trouble in school. Children may need time to take in information, so their reactions might even be delayed or can vary from day to day or even hour to hour. Build in some check-in times into your daily life so you can have more conversations, give updates, see how your child's doing, and see if new questions or concerns have arisen. And most of all, don't be afraid to ask for help. Talk to your pediatrician Get a referral to social work or mental health provider to help with resources or any needs that you have. Reach out to your faith community or any other available supports. It takes a village to raise a child, and this is especially true when that child loves the person who is sick. I wish you all well. And I hope that this was helpful. Such a difficult topic, but the kids can handle it. Please listen to more episodes and follow me on wherever you listen to your podcast shows. And let's grow up together.